Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Rin Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and for our Halloween and 6th anniversary episode, we are joined by special guest Ailish Brazil to talk about three adaptations of The Haunted Mansion. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Good morning and welcome to our episode on the haunted mansions, plural. Um, exciting new um, format for this episode in which uh, myself, Adam and our guest are each going to discuss a different adaptation of uh, the Disney haunted mansion ride. Um, so I'll introduce our guest, um, Ailish Basil, who is uh, going into the second year of her PhD in English literature, which focuses on horror at home in Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca, Stephen King's Carrie, Roald Dahl's Matilda, and Neil Gaiman's Coraline, um, which is uh, all very relevant to us here. Um, welcome, Ailish. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, I'm very excited to be on this podcast, especially with uh, the topic of the haunted mansion um, I suppose what fascinates me about this area of research if you like is children's literature and films traditionally feature an adventure to another place followed by a safe return home and mm. that being you know the main goal whereas what fascinates me is when the danger lurks inside the home which is true for the four texts that I'm looking at um, in my PhD. Mm. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that is really interesting. Um, I guess a, a lot of the children's horror texts we've looked at obviously have kind of figures of authority who are threatening, but quite often they are outside of the home. So they might be uh, headmasters, for instance, um, or, you know, sinister priests um, <laughs> or other authority figures. And sometimes it might be the parents, but say it will be um, often an element that's come into the home. So if you think of Grinny, for instance, obviously Grinny, the alien grandma, has entered into an otherwise normal suburban home. Whereas, as you said, that's not quite the case in the text you're looking at. So. You know, in, in Coraline, we have the sense that the the kind of other home within the home was always there, or at least has been there for a very, very long time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, um, Matilda's uh, an interesting inclusion there, because I wouldn't necessarily think of that as being sort of focused on the home, but um, because of the trunchable, it's such a... Yes, so... Uh, they each kind of have 
similarities if you like and then there's a few differences so with Coraline obviously we'll be looking at the other parents and Mm. then with Carrie as well it's her mother and with um, Matilda we definitely be looking at the parents as well and also the school setting so it's nice that that one has a slight difference and it relates then to Rebecca because it's the authority figure of the housekeeper that really creates the horror for the narrator in that text. Yeah. Um. And Carrie and Rebecca are really interesting choices, um, especially thinking from the perspective of children's horror, because obviously while they're adult horrors, I think they are adult horrors that do appeal potentially to children, because I know that Rebecca was... um, my partner Antonia's favourite film as a child, um, alongside Brief Encounter. Yes. Um, and one, one she watched a lot of times as a child. And Carrie, uh, my first exposure to it as a book was um, a kid called Richard um, or Rick reading it uh, on a, a year year six trip to France. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> Oh, I remember him up in the bunk bed <laughs> reading Carrie. <laughs> and I, I do think Carrie does feel... I, I only read it a couple of years ago, and I do think it feels like a children's horror, but with some really lurid elements in there. Um, and when I watched the film, I kind of assumed that the more squicky parts were Brian De Palma. I was like, oh, that De Palma, <laughs> what's he like? Because... Um, King has this reputation of being sort of wholesome on some level or caring about values. And then I read Carrie, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. The, the squicky parts all come from Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Haunted Mansion, Ailesh, was, was your suggestion, I think. Um, what, what, what's your connection with, with that, with the, the film or, or the ride? Or... Um, I suppose with the 2003 film, I liked the idea of as I said, the house being, you know, the place of horror, but also the children go into the house with their parents, which I thought Mm. was kind of interesting in a way that maybe the horror might be toned down slightly because they have that sort of security of their parental figures there with them. And then you see it throughout the film, the viewpoints are switched between the kids exploring the mansion and Jim, their dad, exploring a different section of it. And it's just their fe- the adults' fears and the children's fears are addressed in a way that at the end of the film, it has changed their family dynamic for the better, which I just mm. find very interesting. Yeah. Is it, is, is it a film that you, you watched as a kid yourself? Yes. Did did you like it at the time? I did actually. <laughs> Funnily <laughs> enough, yes. Um, and I always said, um, for years, like I'd never watch horror films. Oh no, they'd be too scary. And then I started my research and realised I love to read horror. So then mm. anything I read, I would always watch the film version. It turns out I do actually like it, but. Um, no, I really did enjoy The Haunted Mansion. Even now, when I watched it recently for this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, 
I forgot <laughs> I forgot how much I liked this one. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've never I've never seen the um, the uh, 2003 film. Um, although about the time that came out, I did go on the ride in uh, in in uh, Disneyland Tokyo. Weirdly. Um, <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, was, I had a Japanese school Japanese exchange thing. And um, when we were in Tokyo, one of the, the trips they took us on was to, was to Disneyland. Um, <laughs> so um, so that that is where I've experienced this uh, icon of American culture. Um, it's slightly bizarre, but... Um, well, but, I don't know. I, I always say that early, early anime and manga, there's a big Disney influence. Like, if you look at Tezuka and Astro Boy... You know, those big eyes come out of Disney, especially the way Tezuka, Tezuka does animals. You can tell he's watched Bambi, basically. And yeah. Really, yeah, modelling the cute cute rabbits and things on <laughs> on Disney. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of interchange, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I was trying to sort of think about what I remembered from, from going on this ride about um, almost 20 years ago. Um <laughs> um, and uh, I, I remembered the, you know, the, the, the initial room, the, the room that stretches, you know, where you go in and then with the, with the guide and the, uh, it's, it's a, a room that's a, that's an elevator and it, but, uh, and I remember the, uh, the ballroom is a, it's a, one of the set pieces is the kind of haunted ballroom and the, the ghosts are dancing and like they had these, you know, kind of. 3d looking projections that were like really amazing to me at the time because i hadn't seen anything like that um and to be fair that is more memories than any other ride i went on on that trip so i think it was the most memorable (laughs) um i think but i did um i did watch a sort of recent youtube like ride through of um of the 2023 version to to refresh my memory but uh, essentially, um, the haunted mansion is a um, is a dark ride um, that first, I think, launched uh, quite early and at Disney, original Disneyland in I think nineteen sixty nine, and then went yeah then went on to uh, the uh, Orlando one and then um, and then Disneyland Tokyo in the eighties. So it's it's quite an institution. Um, of um of disneyland and um... yeah i've only been to paris as a kid and i mm. I, don't th- I don't think it was there although i would have been way too scared of years yeah i've um been to the one in paris and i have to say it's one of my favorite um attractions and where it's located mm-hmm. in Disneyland, it's just off of New Orleans Square, which oh, I think oh, is really cool. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so so the film I just watched the recently released film version, um, the twenty twenty three one, and that is set in New Orleans. So is that the case for your films too? Yes. Um, is the Muppets one set in New Orleans? <laughs> the Muppets, I, I don't know. The Muppets one is set in, in Muppets. It's, it doesn't really have a location. Um, <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the ghosts does have a, a southern accent, so <laughs> possibly. Um, but it's okay, not... so, we, so we, 
We better sure. explain that we, sure. we, 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 <laughs> yeah. we've watched three different adaptations. So I guess in a in a bid to um, spearhead a new franchise um, in the likes of Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Disney have attempted three times uh, to <laughs> to start a successful Haunted Mansion fran- franchise of films. Yeah. Um, and so, so we have individually watched uh, one of these three different versions. Um, <laughs> so, so Ailish, do you want to do you want to start explaining uh, the version you know and you've seen um, when it came out and who it stars and the basic plot of it? Yeah, that's perfect. Um. So, The Haunted Mansion is a 2003 film directed by Rob Minkoff and the opening sequence takes the audience back in time to a glamorous masquerade party happening at Gracie Manor, which is the main setting. Um, The house is alive, you know, the colours are vibrant, the music's playing, the costumes are extraordinary and then tragedy strikes. So Mr. Gracie, the master of the manor, his bride-to-be, is seen to have written a suicide letter and poisoned herself. When he finds his true love dead, his devastation leads to his own suicide. And this house clearly has a past that is going to haunt the present. Then the film reverts to the present day, which features the Evers family, Jim and Sarah, are the parents of Michael, who's aged 10, and Megan, who's 13, and they own a real estate agency, Evers and Evers. Um, they're supposed to be going on an adventure, but they get a last minute phone call to go to Gracie Manor. And even that part is creepy because Sarah gets the phone call and she's told to come alone, which is just very strange. Um, the mm. owner wishes to discuss the house as he wants to move on, move on to the other side, that is, because he's dead. And... The family gets stuck at the manor for the night because of the raging storm. It f- floods the river. I always love terrible weather conditions that comes with a scary house because <laughs> I always feel like the weather just illuminates the horror that's to come or it enhances the horror that's already happening. Mm. So I think the adventure that unfolds there is more than any of them bargain for. Um, so the servants that are in the house are all ghosts because the master couldn't move on as he was waiting for his true love. So as a result, none of the servants moved on because they were continuing to serve the house and the master. In particular, the butler, Ramsley, is the main antagonist of this film. Um, His cheeks are gaunt and he's very pale, even for a ghost. The Jim, the dad character played by Eddie Murphy he um, tells him to get rid of the ashy white look by getting a tan which is quite funny Um, Ramsley floats around the mansion and kind of appears unexpectedly everywhere and the plot twist is that Ramsley forged Elizabeth's suicide note way back when poisoned her and hid her original love note accepting Edward's proposal And I suppose the main adventure then of the film is that the kids and the parents have to find this note and break the devil's curse that has been placed on the house 
so that the ghosts can ascend and leave and Ramsley actually ends up in what I assume is the pits of hell as a fire dragon comes out of the fireplace and just takes him away Hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, Ramsley or uh, the Hatbox Man. Yes. Uh, in the version of the Haunted Mansion I've just seen by Justin Simeon, twenty twenty three, uh, disappointingly played by Jared Leto. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, he, he really shouldn't be let anywhere near a children's film. Um, <laughs> uh, is is also dragged down to the pits of hell uh, at the end, yes. and and also has notable uh, kind of gaunt cheekbones. Hmm. Um, so I think you, the, might, yeah. you might have drawn the short straw of the Haunted Mansion adaptations, <laughs> Adam. Well, <laughs> yeah, which it's, it's disappoint. It's surprisingly moribund, uh, this film, <laughs> to, to be honest. It shouldn't be as bad as it is because it's directed by Justin Simeon, who directed um, Dear White People, which I oh. saw when it came out and enjoyed quite a bit. Um mm thought was pretty funny it's it's got a, a pretty decent cast um so uh the main protagonist i guess taking over the eddie murphy role here is uh gabby played by rosario dawson um who's winningly charismatic and engaging um her son uh is pretty adorable travis played by chase dylan um and then she's sort of accompanied by this assembled motley crew of um, Ben, who <laughs> is is a scientist um, in the kind of spurious, defined in the kind of whose research is defined in the kind of spurious way you would expect in a Disney <laughs> film. So he he does research into dark matter and quantum entanglement or something like that um mm-hmm. but that basically means he actually researches ghosts <laughs> um but he doesn't want to call them ghosts because he's a scientist <laughs> um yeah. so yeah, the whole film has this sort of theme of the dubious i'd say compatibility uh between science and faith like aren't they just two sides of the same coin really um <laughs> it does feel like it's trying to appeal to a largely religious American audience or an audience that really does believe in ghosts. Um, and there's an earnestness about that, but sometimes it makes some very clunky, um, like, oh, dark matter, that's just ghosts, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there, There is a priest, um, Father Kent, played by a spacey Owen Wilson doing his Owen Wilson shtick. Um yeah. And uh, Harriet, played by Tiffany Haddish, uh, who is a medium. And then uh, Danny DeVito, um, playing uh, a sort of university lecturer gone to seed, I suppose. <laughs> Play, uh, a character called Bruce Davis. So they, the, the, these various experts of sorts are kind of assembled uh, by Rosario to help investigate the house and hopefully banish the spirits because uh, she's just bought this house and obviously the ghosts, particularly this uh, hatbox man, are making it very hard to settle in. Um, and it's quite similar to the Ghostbusters reboot, uh, although not as good, I'd say, um, which makes sense because apparently it was uh, scripted by the same person. Um, and yeah, it really 
it exists in a state of near constant montage. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really uh-huh. feels like th- this film has been script doctored to death. Hmm. Uh, like, like it feels like there were a lot of beats from, I guess, the Eddie Murphy film and also particularly Theme Park Ride that the screenwriters were told they had to include. And so it's all kind of exposition montage, pretty much. Um, like, I've rarely seen a film with such bad flow. <laughs> like, uh, because I said, like, you know, as you've probably gathered from the cast, this is a pretty winning cast. You know, these are talented people. Mm. Um, and it's not a bad director either. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it has, really has no sense of rhythm in terms of the edit. Like, like it is just a bunch of exposition and set pieces uh, stuck stuck together. Um, so it doesn't really manage to create any creepy atmosphere or ambience at all. Mm. Like, quite remarkably so, considering <laughs> it's all set in a creepy mansion. Um, like there, there's kind of no point, really, at which everything settles down to actually create creepiness basically um mm. but what what does sound the same are the set pieces uh, and the ghosts themselves so we have the ballroom with the dancers uh, we have this hat box man and uh some of the special effects like the endlessly stretching corridor so yeah we'll go through that um and Ren, you, 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 you opted for the the Muppets version. Yeah, I had the pleasure of watching Muppets Haunted Mansion from uh, 2021. Um, yeah, we seem to be in an era of Haunted Mansion uh, adaptations at the moment. But, <laughs> the new era. Um, the new era. 20, almost 20 years without one and then two come along at once. Um, but, uh, yeah, which is currently on Disney+. Plus. Um and it's only 50 minutes um, and it's a, a kind of Halloween special, um, as this episode might be. Uh, <laughs> I haven't quite decided. Happy Halloween, if in fact this is out on Halloween. But, um, uh, so, yeah, in the, in the Muppets version, it's Halloween and uh, the, the rest of the Muppets are kind of having a Halloween party. Um, and they're on a video call to Gonzo, who's in the back of a taxi. Um, Kermit and Miss Piggy are dressed as each other. It's very cute. Um, but uh, Gonzo's uh, going on a, a fear challenge to, to stay a night in, in the haunted mansion uh, with Pepe the King Prawn. Um, uh, this is the, the 100th anniversary of a magician called the Great MacGuffin's disappearance. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, the, uh, the the challenge to survive the night in the in the haunted house, um, uh, Murky was uh, a little uh, upset that that Gonzo was paired with Pepe rather than Rizzo the rat, um, which is the the more traditional uh, combination, I think. But uh, I mean, I mean the, the the classic pairing from the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. Which is almost a children's horror film. Certainly the ghost of yeah, yeah. Christmas yet to come uh, really scared me as a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this one we have, in this one we have Pepe as the, in the kind of sidekick role. But um, they, uh, 
they uh, they arrive and they have this uh when they're out before they even get into the house they have this sort of little ghost introduction um with uh with a song which i i link to the to the two of you to get a little taste of the the muppets on where they introduced to some of the ghosts um and uh gonzo is very uh very gung-ho about this this whole endeavor and says he's scared he isn't scared of anything but they're they're met by um will arnett is, is the ghost host um oh, okay in this in this one featuring a, a wearing a, a fetching floral waistcoat and he explains that they have to survive the night in the haunted mansion or they'll stay there forever um and um then they they just are kind of roam around the haunted mansion um we have the the, the sort of plot points i guess is that it, um is that gonzo has to kind of admit that he's scared of something because he's saying i oh, know i'm the great gonzo i'm not scared of anything <laughs> um but he um when he's in room 999 he uh he's faced with the fact that he's actually scared of never seeing his friends again um at, um and um and pepe's uh uh a challenge is um uh, we we've established that he's um he's quite a thirsty prawn at the opening of the film that he um he becomes a uh, enchanted by a, a beautiful southern lady um played by uh, Taraji P Henson who um is uh, chewing the scenery quite enjoyably um and she's a a kind of female blackbeard type uh, there's the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, evil bride who's um trying to um add pepe to her collection of doomed lovers um so uh they uh you know gonzo sort of escapes his own challenge but then he has to save pepe and they race out before the sunrise um and uh will Arnett uh, turns up and says they're free to go but then uh it's revealed that he is in fact the great MacGuffin, um and he has a French fish in his in the breast pocket of his suit, which um, I just found very very amusing. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know. I couldn't find any clips of this French fish, but, but um, oh. <laughs> it's just it's little red. It's called the uh, Pee Wee the Red Herring, and it goes au revoir in this little squeaky voice, and it's um, <laughs> made me laugh quite a lot. Um, and then uh, it ends with a, a cover of Dancing in the Moonlight, which um, oh no. Which I never, well, yes, you know, I never realised was not originally by Top Loader. I've, I've heard as much, but mm. I haven't. Yeah. For shame, Top Loader, you tricked us all. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a millennial and you cannot not think of Top Loader. Uh, yeah. So um, that's that's the Muppets, the Muppets Horsey Mansion. And um, it was... Um, it was quite good fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. No, I, I mean, I, I definitely like... I, I'm generally pro the idea of Muppet adaptations of anything, to be mm. honest. Like, I can't remember, did we play this game before when you have to try to think of what the best Muppets <laughs> adaptation would be? Because I stick by the fact that the, the Wicker Man would be the best Muppets film. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, I, don't, I don't know whether you'd have like a stern like Sam the Eagle as Lord Somersal or whether mm. it would be Kermit. I feel <laughs> it should probably be Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to live in this universe. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, I guess AI will make it. I, I, I just work on the assumption that in about 10 years time we'll live in the weird dystopia where we're able to say, you know... Um, Alexa, whatever, give me Muppets version of uh, of the Wicker Man, and it will just generate it, and oh. I can watch that. So, and it will give, and it will give you a cameo in it. You can be one. Of yeah, the yeah. As, as, as a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can watch yourself burn in the Wicker Man. And <laughs> yeah. share the image to your social media. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, we have this this bouquet of haunted mansions. I guess it makes sense to kind of to talk about the the points of the points of similarity between them. Um, the kind of because they're all sort of presumably hitting the the same beats of of the uh, theme park ride to a certain extent um which um yeah although maybe in different orders because yeah. you said in the theme park ride itself the ever expanding corridor is right at the start yeah it's kind of where you're like where you're first the, the uh, i guess the first Herded into, I think, um, and that's a, a sort of introduction to the ride. But yeah, which was which was so very much it... the case in the Muppets. Is they they come in? Oh, okay. They come into the house. Will Arnett's there. He's like, welcome to. The... He, he basically, actually, he basically very much almost like verbatim said what the uh, what the host in the in the oh, wow. ride says. Yeah, to to the Muppets. Um, so, but because he's playing, I will say because he's playing a um, magician, right? I just keep thinking of him as Job from Arrested Development, <laughs> <laughs> saying, "I'm a, I'm an illusionist, not a magician." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he's kind of been overtaken as BoJack Horseman in my head because I've watched so much BoJack. Uh, okay. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 where does where does the corridor? appear in the Eddie Murphy vehicle, Irish. The butler at Ramsley tries to get uh, Jim offside because the wife, Jim's wife looks exactly like the master's wife that died many years ago, so they think that it's her that has come back. So ah. he tells Jim to go to the library that the master wants a word with him. And Jim thinks he's going to land the sale of the house, so he's all excited about this. But he's poking around the library and he lifts a little, like, Delph head and he realises that it opens a secret passage. And he gets trapped in this secret passage and it's the corridor that kind of keeps extending. And he's stuck in there while Edward Gracie, the master, is trying to woo Sarah, Jim's wife. Ah, oh, I quite like 
I quite like that, the idea of it being used as a trap <laughs> to yeah. kind of buy time. Yeah. Yeah, in, in Justin Simeon one, uh, it's shown near the start, so um, after a little introduction to New Orleans. And actually, I found, I mean, you know a film's not the best when your favourite thing about it is the opening and ending credits. <laughs> 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 which was the case here. Um, which which ha- have some uh, kind of fun New Orleans um scenery establishing shots with like a New Orleans brass band which was mm. nice um, I don't, but I, after that I, have either of you seen the, the most recent um, the, the recent ad, uh, interview with a vampire um, adaptation no oh it's very good uh, it's reminded me of that because oh. it's set in New Orleans and, and they have their, their big mansion where they live their dissolute vampire lives so um Oh, okay. I do recommend that it. Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that that'd be good because I'm perpetually the. I'm always waiting for um, the sequel to Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. The um, the which the based on the White Wolf role playing game that I played in uni. Um, really great. Um, yeah, so early two thousands role playing game like it was quite buggy on release but it's been patched and um yeah really fondly remembered but the sequel has been in development for years and years and Cara Ellison was writing the script and I really really like Cara Ellison's writing games Mm. or used to be a games journalist um I met her very briefly at a museum event and was really enthusiastic and dorky and awkward. <laughs> I, te- I, te- I, I tend to get very awkward when I meet someone who's writing or like art I, I enjoy and <laughs> managed to just be weird. Um, but yeah, I was really excited about that. But then like she was sort of taken off the project and the whole thing has sort of fallen to pieces by the looks of it. So a, a new good vampire thing would be fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What 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 what's it on? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, one of those. One, one, of, the, one, one yeah. of the ones that I I watched legally <laughs> that I just can't, can't remember the name of at this very moment. Yeah, yeah. N- now TV. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so after we get that it's set in New Orleans. Um, have Gabby and Travis uh, rocking up to their new... Has they bought the Haunted Mansion to move there? Um, like, there's not much explanation as to why this decrepit-looking mansion, apart from, like, Gabby's like, oh, it, she thought it'd make a change. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's Travis, uh, her kid, who... Um, sees this suit of armour that seems to move and reappear in different places and then he starts getting spooked out uh, encounters the the hatbox man and then is faced very briefly with the optical effect of the ever-expanding corridor um, you only really get a glimpse of it and it's then brought back later uh, when Ben the scientist uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character is trying to escape and run away and he's then running down the corridor which extends mm-hmm. um, well, yeah which is fairly effective but I definitely prefer the idea of it being kind of used as a trap I think that's nice yeah 
I think there's also uh, in in the Muppets one at least there's those kind of two versions. There's the one that I was thinking of is the like the extending downwards parlor room, where the um, where the paintings kind of stretch downwards as the as the lift descends. But then there is also an extending horizontal corridor. Oh yeah, so the extending downwards is kind of used almost like an escape room, like Jumanji style mm. in the twenty three haunted mansion. So I can't quite remember what they're trying to escape. I think probably Jared Leto is terrorising them and they have to kind of clamber up the paintings or something mm-hmm. uh, to get to the top. Um, I don't know. Oh, it, was right, all a yeah. bit ma- it was all a bit crystal maze, that bit, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, what, what, what about in the Eddie Murphy vehicle, Ailish? Is there also the kind of elevator or a vertical extension? I mean, presumably there are the paintings, I imagine, because these paintings that change are a big part, I understand it, of the theme park ride. Mm. So so I imagine they must be... So so there are definitely the painting, the creepy paintings that change in this 23 film version. Yes, and their eyes follow you as, you know, you're walking along the corridor, or as the characters are walking along the corridor. And at one point, actually, I think how Eddie Murphy gets out of his secret passage is he comes to the end and there's two like eye holes if you like and he sticks his face in and the camera shows from the other side so you can see his eyes in this portrait and it turns out it's like a door and he comes through that way Mm. (laughs) yeah so the paintings in this there's marble busts as well um, yes uh, they sing don't they yeah, they they <laughs> they don't actually. There are there's songs in the Muppets one, but the bus don't actually sing. The bus are just um, a cameo for um, Beaker uh, <laughs> um, and Beaker's friend. I I'm not the I'm oh, not what? the best at my Muppets um, identification. Um, yeah, I, I always just think of them in terms of the Muppets Christmas Carol, so they're, they're the charity workers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Who, who Michael Caine is so mean to. <laughs> um, well, in the... Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. In the Eddie Murphy version, they the singing bus are outside on the way to the graveyard so Jim and the kids have to find this key and this is the key to breaking the curse but they mm. they start singing like annoying Eddie Murphy's character basically as he's going past and it's mm. he's already freaked out because he's <laughs> going into this graveyard and he has to open this black crypt and take a key from this dead skeleton's hand so these singing busts just really annoy him but actually at the end um the family do get to go on their adventure with a few special guests so they have madame leota in the back seat and then they've strapped the four singing busts to the back of their car and they're <laughs> singing away as the car is driving off <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah madame leota um is a uh, uh, in the um, in the Muppets one as uh, Madame Pigota 
played by Miss Piggy, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, um, who turns up for a little seance. Um, she looks radiant. It's, she's um, a very, um, it's a very good look for Miss Piggy in her crystal ball. Um, uh, <laughs> not very much in the way of plot. She's just there. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she shows them to the next bit of the ride. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yes. So in the 23 one, Madame Leota's up in the attic um, in her crystal ball, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, um, hmm. who who is not her greatest performance. Like she goes for it, you know, it's it's fairly scenery chewing. Um, and yeah, she, she's been imprisoned there by the hat box man. And then they, they summon her through a seance and she becomes a kind of, helpful guide who yeah i guess like miss piggy points them in the next direction really mm-hmm. like she feels fairly instrumental in terms of the plotting yeah the, the hat box man is uh, is fuzzy bear by the way you know oh <laughs> that that sounds quite scary <laughs> he's not he doesn't have a massive a massive role he's um he's just kind of there in the um in the ballroom scene which i guess is the next um the next set piece. Oh, uh, uh, now I'm I'm picturing Jared Leto dressed up as Fozzie Bear, and I feel kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the um, after they uh, see uh, Madame Pagota, they they kind of get in, in the extending corridor and, and Sweetums uh, drives drives them on a food trolley down to the haunted ballroom. Um, oh, I love Sweetums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that was that was one I had to look up. I was like, oh, who's who's this big hairy Muppet? That's Sweetums. Um, I'm quite a, a late a late comer to the Muppets. I never, I didn't see a Muppets film until I was an adult. <laughs> Oh wow! Me too. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I. Oh, so yeah, I really, really loved Muppets Christmas Carol and Treasure Island as a Mm. kid, and I, I I swear, I played like an interactive CD-ROM of Muppets Treasure Island (laughs) as well. That sounds like like, yeah, quite a lot of my childhood was playing like interactive (laughs) CD-ROMs from the library, (laughs) which largely just involved clicking on things to get comic sound effects. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was all the gameplay I needed. <laughs> um, and then and then I went to the cinema to see Muppets in Space, mm. which I was really kind of deeply disappointed by. I do wonder if I should rewatch it, if it's actually better than I remember. But it's about Gonzo, like, finding out about his alien parentage. <laughs> Non-binary icon Gonzo. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gon- Gonzo was always, always my favourite. Like, I do love yeah. Gonzo. Um, I've, although, if you look at the Muppet Show and look at like Gonzo, the puppet for Gonzo, like the first series, he looks so much more wretched. <laughs> well, actually, like, they really, they really clean Gonzo up. <laughs> my uh, my texture of the week is Gonzo related. So, should we take oh, this sweet. opportunity? Oh, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I've got some pickup sticks. Sorry about this, I just feel it. Texture! 
Texture. Texture. Texture of the week. Would you like to go first, Salish? Yes, okay, thank you. So for the Texture of the Week segment, I thought the feeling of the glass ball that Madame Leota's head is in would be quite cool. Like it's delicate, mm. you know, perfectly round, I'd imagine cold and quite heavy with her head inside. So <laughs> I actually have a, it's like a Halloween decoration and it's a glass ball and there is a woman's head inside it. So I was kind of thinking like, can you hear that if you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of like glass noise, if you like. <laughs> Amazing. No, that's great. Oh, it's great. It's, it's really nice to have a smooth texture, actually. I think me and Ren so often go for kind of rough, scrabbly textures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, Ren, so you said gon- gonzo-related texture. Yeah, uh, when gonzo is in room 999, uh, having to face his fear, he, um, he's confronted with a a kind of older version of himself um, and then an even older version of himself and as Gonzo grows old his, <gasps> his nose like shrivels like a like a carrot <laughs> like withers ah. <laughs> so Gonzo's withered carrot nose is my texture <laughs> oh dear <laughs> that's awful <laughs> <laughs> um my, my, mine is um, crunchy scrambled eggs. Oh, oh no! Because um, yeah, there's there's a scene where Gabby is making food for uh, Travis, Ben, Father Kent, Harriet, and Bruce. Um, but one of those kooky ghosts uh, kept keeps mess, messing with her cooking, and um, smashes the eggs um, in, in the frying pan. And she gets so kind of fed up, she just goes along with it. It's like, whatever. And um, <laughs> and so serves up the scrambled eggs with the broken shards of eggshell in it. Um, oh, gosh, like, we need to talk about Kevin. Yes, like like that. And, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> and, and so there's uh, a close-up of, of the crunchy scrambled eggs. Yeah, that's, that's upsetting. Yeah, which is quite an upsetting texture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, were, you, were you making notes in the cinema, by the way? Well, I was, and I could tell I was, because actually, irritatingly, in my um, my notebook, which says <laughs> on the front, written and directed by Adam. <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a, a notebook that... Um, some of my film students, I think, must have got me when I was leaving for the <laughs> Netherlands rather sweetly. <laughs> um, but I could tell I was doing it in the cinema because I've clearly I was eating boiled sweets and there's the kind of sticky, <laughs> luminous yellow residue of a crunched boiled sweet in between two of the pages here, quite unple- unpleasantly. So, yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's quite dark in the cinema, um, so so my notes are they're legible, but, but they're a bit messy. Um, yeah, I I don't know if anyone what anyone would have thought the fact that I was taking this film so seriously. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was making notes. <laughs> 
Um, the, yeah, not that that I've got ghost winks uh, in quotation marks. Uh-huh. Ghost ghost winks, um, <clears throat> which is the kind of sentimental term for when like a ghost gives you a little friendly or sentimental reminder that they exist. Oh. Um, so it's like yeah, so like if if your beloved grandma loved eating watsits and then like you went into a room and there was a sudden bag of watsits on the side. This is quite similar to the actual example. It's it's probably Cheetos or some American variant. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, and there was a sudden bag of watsits on the sofa. You'd be like, oh, it's a ghost wink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There are quite a lot of kind of attempts at sentimentality in this film that, I don't know. You know, it's a film about a spooky mansion with, <laughs> <laughs> with kooky ghosts. I didn't really, I didn't really need the sentimentality, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it sounds like maybe it works a bit better in the Eddie Murphy film. Like you seem to quite like um, Ailish. This idea that they're brought, the family's brought together by the experiences. Yes, I did like that. Um, I suppose it's like the juxtaposition between adult and the children's viewpoint because they're each overcoming their own fears like in the beginning Jim Eddie Murphy's character is like I don't believe in ghosts you know not a chance and then when he meets Madame Leota she like he's trapped in the chair and it's spinning around and he starts chanting there's no place like home there's no place like home from the Wizard of Oz which um, (laughs) is quite funny and he, he is scared then throughout the house and then like Michael, his son, has a serious fear of spiders and that's shown before they get to the mansion. And then there's a point where Jim and his daughter Megan get stuck in the mausoleum actually and Michael has to open the door from the other side but it's covered in spiders. And he debates about it. He, he's they're, they're getting chased by zombies and he does take his time about deciding to open the door. Uh, but he eventually does. And um, who else has a fear? Megan has a fear of never leaving the mansion. And then mm. Sarah is also, um, Jim's wife is afraid of losing her family because Ramsley threatens the children. And that's why she agrees to the marriage between herself and Edward the ghost. So they all have something to overcome, you know, the fear, the tension and the anxiety that they all experienced in the house prompted, I suppose, the change in their family dynamic. So Jim had been a workaholic and the kids weren't really, it just was a disconnect. Whereas at the end, they're all happy out going on their adventure that they didn't get to go on and they're just it's a nice shift I suppose from the start of the film so I think that's where the sentimentality comes into it but definitely throughout there is a few jump scares and moments where you're you know looking going oh what's going to happen now and it does work out Hmm. yeah there aren't really many jump scares or many scares full stop, to be honest, in the 23 Haunted Mountain. The only sequence is when they go up into the attic. Um, the, the, it's the, 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 there's the ghost. 
was, uh, I don't know if this was the sort of Bluebeard type figure, but um, like a ghost of someone who beheaded all their husbands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and so there was a ghost of an axe, basically. Um, and, you know, the axe crashes down and, you know, the, the ghost tries to behead Ben. I think she's that, called that was a little bit. I think she's called Constance. The uh... Constance. Okay, so yeah. so the the scene with Constance was a little bit scary. I mm. suppose that was that was probably the most effective scene. I'd say in in the twenty three is is Constance in the Eddie Murphy one as well. Then no, which is what I actually found quite interesting because the story of the attraction, like in Disneyland, is about this bride who's looking for her lost lover whereas in the eddie murphy version it's the husband that's looking for the bride and the, ah. the bride is like portrayed as a really friendly really lovely figure and it's the butler that's the main villain if you like because he didn't think she was good enough to marry the master of the manor so that's why he killed her hmm i do wonder i watched a sort of video about the kind of the development of the Haunted Mansion ride and it's saying that like the uh, the person who was originally tasked to come up with the plot for it went through like maybe, like four or five different concepts and that Walt Disney rejected um, before it kind of find its final form so I, I wonder if the Eddie Murphy one is based on one of the earlier plots <laughs> that um, it's possible um has yeah some of them were rejected as too dark or too yeah 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 now i have to say the doppelganger element definitely adds to the eerie feeling between so elizabeth was the master's bride to be and then Mm. sarah is eddie murphy's wife and they are the spitting image of each other and sarah wears the wedding dress that Elizabeth never got the chance to when she's going through with her wedding to uh, the master of the house. So Mm. it definitely gives you a very creepy feeling. Yeah. That sounds like a useful structural device. It reminds me of Francis Ford Capella's uh, version of Bram Stoker's Dracula which obviously sticks pretty closely to the novel, but then also adds in the idea of um, Jonathan Harker's girlfriend. I can't remember which way round the names are in Capella's version, but that she's like the spitting image and possibly the um, kind of reincarnation of Vlad the Impaler's uh, lover. And Dracula is Vlad the Impaler, and so like he, that's why he falls in love with her. Is like she's reincarnated, or and mm-hmm. looks exactly like her. Um, yeah, I think it's that it can be quite a useful device. That <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, are there are there any good gravestones um, in in your films? Because um, there are some kind of comedy gravestones in the twenty three version, which were kind of fun, like. The one I enjoyed the most, um, which I wrote down, was a maid who liked to misbehave now does so in her grave. <laughs> um, the uh, the Muppets uh, used uh, the ones from from the ride. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so I can't remember. It's one that's like 
cousin Hewitt, who um, is a uh, appears his ghost appears in like striped prison outfits and he's like oh we all know you didn't do it and, and he winks um, <laughs> um and there's a there's a woman who uh who is a, a writer and uh but her her ink was poisoned and so she died by her quill and things um uh, it, it sounds like there's a graveyard scene in the eddie murphy one as well yes um when the family first arrived to the mansion they can't get in the front door so they just kind of explore around the back and the kids are absolutely horrified that there's a graveyard in the back garden and Eddie Murphy's like we just won't put that on the on the ad like you know <laughs> um, but uh, other than that apart from the fact that they go into the mausoleum there's no real mention of any of the other graves that I can remember anyway so is is the Eddie Murphy one very much set just within the haunted mansion? Yes, so it starts at home. Uh, well, sorry, it starts with Eddie Murphy closing a deal of a house and he misses their um, an- wedding anniversary dinner. So he comes home and he's all apologetic and he's like, right, okay, look, we'll go on an adventure this weekend. And mm. Sarah's all excited. That's great. And he's like, I'll go tell the kids. And meanwhile, she gets this really creepy phone call to say, uh, come to the house. And when she writes down the address, Eddie Murphy realises where it is and that it's a mansion. And he's like, right, we'll take a pit stop. 20, minute, 20 minutes tops. That's his catchphrase, if you like, throughout the whole film. Because <laughs> nothing takes 20 minutes. Um, and that's how they pull up to the mansion and the gates are locked. They can't get in. And just as they're leaving, the gate opens itself. And it's the same thing with the front door, which I think is actually very cool because the idea of the door separates them from the real world, if you like. And then once they cross the threshold of the house, they're in this ghost, spooky world. Mm -hmm. Which you can see in, like another example even is in Disney's Monsters, Inc., like, Boo's bedroom door separates her from like okay she's in the real world on one side and then the other side she's in Monsters Incorporated and even in Coraline too actually the little Mm. cupboard Mm -hmm. door you know she crosses over to the other world yeah it sounds like with the Muppets that it's very much the whole film plays out pretty much within the Haunted Mansion yeah Um, yeah just the the taxi ride there and back yeah. yeah otherwise it's entirely in the in the house um yeah just one of the issues with the 23 one is they keep leaving the mansion <laughs> oh really <laughs> I, yeah a lot um so like with this sort of um gaggle of characters they don't arrive all at once so so at first it's gabby and travis and then they kind of recruit ben and we focus on ben a bit and then uh, then we have Father Kent, and then Harriet, and then Bruce. So they have to go out to meet um, Harriet, um, and then they have to go out to a university lecturer, 
and extra to meet Bruce. I don't think so, you can keep leaving the haunted house. That's not that's not yeah, how yeah. it works. <laughs> I know. Like it makes it much less threatening because it's like, well, they just keep leaving and they try to sort of explain it that the ghosts can kind of follow them out of the mansion and there's one nice idea that the ghosts almost take their paintings with them. So there's a, a sea captain ghost or a sailor. Hmm. I don't know if that's in either of the others no okay that must have been invented for this so the sea captain ghost then haunts Ben and kind of floods floods his apartment basically (laughs) Um, which is why he then returns to the mansion Um, but yeah that's that's, I think partly why it doesn't sustain a creepy atmosphere is they just keep walking out of the mansion. (laughs) (laughs) So it never really feels as claustrophobic as it should feel, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Should we go to the... And it's a a bit confusing as well, I'll just add, that that there's also two mansions, which I didn't understand. What? (laughs) Yeah. So so that's the whole dimension. And then they have to go somewhere else. They have to go to Crump Manor. Right. Because it's like, oh, the hatbox ghost, his skeleton, to dispel him, they need to get, like, his head or something. Um, oh, and he didn't actually die in the haunted mansion. He happened to die <laughs> down the road in Crump Manor. So it's like, right, we've got to go to Crump Manor. And it's like, what? So we're not even in the haunted mansion now, we're in Crump Manor. Uh, that's strange. So, yeah, odd, I guess it's the choice. haunted mansion plus the other mansion with the dead body, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is is Crump Manor another ride? Is... It sounds like it should. I'll look it up. It sounds like it should be a ride. It's a Crump Manor. Um. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Alistair Crump. No, no, I, the only... I've just gone to the Haunted Mansion fandom wiki and it's just referencing the 23 film. Oh, so, okay. no, it was a strange <laughs> innovation. That, that There is Elizabeth Adam Crump Health and Rehab Centre, uh, which is a nursing home in Virginia. Oh, good, but, uh, good to know. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's unrelated. Um, um, one, star, one star review on Google reviews... <laughs> on June sixteenth, I received two calls about his eating from the speech therapist. <laughs> One star. Okay. <laughs> um. Wow, it's not really the speech therapist's remit, is it? Let's be fair. <laughs> One star. <laughs> Right. Um, should, should we go to the uh, to the ballroom? We haven't talked about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The ballroom isn't given nearly enough uh, time in the twenty three version. To be honest, like you get a very short. It's basically the ballroom's left to the end credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get a nice dance in the end credits in the ballroom, but you only see it very briefly before then. <laughs> Oh. As, as I said, the opening and end credits are the best part of this film. <laughs> um, what about the Eddie Murphy version? What's the ballroom? Yes, like? so this happens when 
Edward is trying to woo Sarah and she's fascinated mm. like with the architecture of the house and he's showing her the different rooms and he's referring to himself as his great-grandfather and <clears> explaining <throat> his great-grandfather's tragic story even though it's his own but they're in the ballroom and he just kind of says don't you remember and she's looking at him like remember what and he's like we were here and we were dancing and then all the ghosts appear and she gets really kind of freaked out she's like I don't know what you're talking about because he's mm-hmm. so convinced that she's Elizabeth so he's trying to show her the last room they were in together and it was the ballroom and then you've got all the the figures dancing around them mm-hmm. what about what about in the Muppets um, well, in the Muppets uh yeah, Sweetums um, drives them on the food trolley down to the haunted ballroom, and uh, there's a kind of uh, sort of show going on um, with um, um, with Fuzzy Bear as the uh, the uh, hat box hat box man doing a. I think he, I think he's tried to do comedy and he's not he's not doing very well at it. Um, and then um, then Kermit. Uh, a Kermit ghost is um is kind of the compare of the show, and then they they uh, they uh, they sing a song to welcome their new guests about about how they're all stuck in this house for eternity and how they're they're going to join them too and so on that sort of thing. But um, it's uh yeah, it's uh it's quite fun. It's the kind of the the showiest bit of the film. Um, yes, in the ball. Yeah, nice. Um, you have the, uh, the, the heckling, the heckling Muppets are there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Stat Statler and Waldorf, something like that. Possibly, yeah. Oh, I bet any Muppets fans are probably going to be a bit annoyed with <laughs> this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Muppets fans. I'm doing my best. Um, um, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, Statler and Waldorf. They're the two the two old men in, up in the balcony. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're having a heckle. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's that much more to it, really. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I, mean I, I found I found the, uh, the best adaptation. I found the best <laughs> adaptation of The Haunted Mansion anyway, which I've sent you um, yeah. of, of the ballroom scene. Um, which we can link to in the show notes, um, posted by Classics of Game, um, <laughs> which is apparently the unreleased Game Boy Advance version of the Haunted Mansion. Wow! <laughs> in, in in which you play some kind of, I don't know, looks like a kind of goth Miley Cyrus, um, <laughs> walking around the ballroom with <laughs> various goats sort of, I don't know. There's a sort of weird evil flower like vine and then a kind of i think the butler's there kind of floating yeah um it's, it's very like halloween pinball vibes um, yeah halloween pinball vibes classic yeah. <laughs> um, i did want to mention the screaming goat just it, it doesn't really really have anywhere to put it but the uh the, it's a goat that turns up and screams um in the muppets version that's like the only thing the thing closest to a jump scare is the screaming goat. Um but um 
I, 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 like I assume it. that's not in, not in the ride. <laughs> Did either of you have uh, have the, the screaming goat? No. Um, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. I think that must be. That sounds like a Muppets a Muppets joke to me. Um, yeah. I mean, that does sound like a great idea for a ghost train, though, because the most I've ever been scared in ghost trains, like, uh, when when the ride operator just turns up at the end of the track to stop to stop the stop the carriage you know just doing their job and i've just screamed at them like, <laughs> like, i went on a terrible ghost train in a car park which was just like none of the lights worked so it was just literally a dark ride <laughs> um and then at the end like you know it was completely anticlimactic, but at the end, when the person came to just stop the ride, I really screamed. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like bringing on a goat into a ghost train and just having the goat scream at <laughs> at, at, at the ride goers. Yeah, I think would be really effective. That would be great. Like, especially if you you know if you're setting up a, a ghost train in the country or on a farm, like Jimmy's farm. Here in Suffolk, there's a ghost train there, you know, bring on a goat. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe you can do that when you uh, finally realise your ghost train dreams. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've said, I, yeah, this is a repeated thing I've said on the podcast that if I ever win the lottery, <laughs> all of my monies um, are going into not charitable endeavours, but uh, ghost trains, basically. <laughs> like, I don't understand these stupid millionaires who like squander their money on like fast cars and champagne. Like, seriously, hire people to make amazing ghost trains with your own monster designs. Like, I can't see why you'd want to spend money on anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um, uh, any any final thoughts on? respective haunted mansions is there anything um we'd like to see in a fourth haunted mansion adaptation um um well something i thought the 2003 version did very well like as i said earlier i watched it um as a child definitely it was my favorite halloween film um but obviously as an adult now i watched it more recently for um this episode and they definitely appeal to older viewers like there's a scene where um michael they're in the graveyard and the ghosts are kind of all floating around and michael says that iconic line from the sixth sense horror film i see dead people and when i was watching it i was laughing like oh yeah i know what you know i know what that's from (laughs) and then um when jim is stuck in the passageway there's an old telephone and it it's it's ringing and this is the moment I think where the well I was doing this and I'm assuming other say older members of the audience were watching saying don't answer the phone don't answer the phone of course he answers and on the other end of the line it's Ramsley now he doesn't say anything but he knows Jim's exact location because he answered the phone so it just it's very atmospheric it adds that kind of creepy you really get the feeling that you know this butler is evil hmm I like yeah more, I think more creepiness I think hmm yeah I think I would have 
like to have seen more done with the paintings, like actually being able to enter the paintings. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like that, you know, then you can have the film go into different styles. Like, you know, you can have them go mm. into like an impressionist painting or like a kind of cubist painting or something. Um, yeah. Or you could have the ghosts looking as they do, out, you know, like a strange Picasso-like ghost, for instance. <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would like any future adaptations to have someone with a French fish in their pocket because uh, that was my favourite part. <laughs> this... <laughs> um, Are you hoping for a spin-off film just about the French fish? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Presumably this was a a Muppet fish, like a puppet fish, or was it an actual fish, like a live fish? Um, no, I mean, it looked like, um, you know, the, like, Japanese, like, fish pastries, like, they're like a a sweet pastry in the shape of a fish. It looked like one of those. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess it's just like a fish, but, you know, like that, (laughs) like that shape of fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um Oh well what 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 did Mackie? So you watched this with No, Mackie, no, right? I just told her about it. She Oh okay. Yeah, okay. and she just said <laughs> expressed her disappointment about the, the lack of Rizzo because I mean Rizzo was there. He had a had a little cameo, but not enough Rizzo. Um What was the Swedish chef in it? He was, yes. <laughs> he was there in the ballroom scene. Um yeah. Said he, he said he was going to cater yeah. they're, they're talking about catering the funeral meal for Gonzo and Pepe and ah. the Swedish chef comes up and, and the, the subtitle said underneath uh, sp- speaking Swedish and I was like is he <laughs> <laughs> is that Swedish <laughs> I think that was a little bit generous <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like if you're making a kind of horror Muppets... I mean, it sounds like it wasn't a horror Muppets film exactly, but mm. The Swedish Chef is quite scary, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I know in terms of Muppet video game adaptations, there was a, a Muppets Doom clone or a Muppets game with a bit... <laughs> honestly, like like Doom, but you're playing The Swedish Chef. <laughs> right, and I think you're fighting giant vegetables. Okay. Um, so yeah, I can't swear a hundred percent to that, but I'm pretty sure that that exists. Okay. <laughs> but I, yeah. <laughs> well, um, thank you very much, Ailish, for joining us on this experimental, slightly chaotic episode um, about various haunted mansions. Um, yeah, it's been really great to have you here. Um, um, uh, thank you, it's been really nice. Um, is there any, um, do you want people to find you anywhere or do you just want to be a mysterious voice in the ether? <laughs> no, um, I'm on Twitter as um, Ailish Brazel, so easy to find. Cool, great. <laughs> so... Um, our intro music is by Maki Yamazaki, a famed Rizzo lover. Our outro is by Joe Kelly. 
Our artworks by Letty Wilson um, have all the details to that in the show notes along with the transcript. Um, if you want to, if you enjoyed this episode, you can leave us a review. Um, it's always nice. Um, and you can uh, email us at stillscapepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on uh, Twitter, just about kind of still hanging on at Still Scared Pod and Instagram at Still Scared Podcast. Right. Oh you, yeah, you're gonna have to make a collage for this. I, right? I am. Yeah. <laughs> this is my. Awesome. This is my. Yeah. This is my. Uh, my new uh, resolution to make a, a collage for each episode to for for Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a that's the little extra treat you get if you follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do you have a sign off for us, Adam? Yeah, don't tell your speech therapist about your diet. <laughs> you creepy kids. Like, it's, it's wrong. You shouldn't tell them. Don't One star. Right. One star. <laughs> See you later, Bye. creepy kids. Bye. Bye. Bye.